我可以无所谓，只要你自己无所谓，和爱的给对，我给你祝福。Let's talk about high notes now. Why high notes? Guess what? I know a lot of you are really, really interested in hitting your high notes. How do I know? If I go into my YouTube channel, I go to my analytics, and I search my highest performing videos. It's pretty much always about high notes, and so I really wanted to talk about that today. And first of all, I get you know high notes is a big, big part of singing. In fact, I used to be so obsessed with hitting high notes. I still remember. I used to, you know, do journaling and I'd write down my goals every single year. There was this goal that I had of hitting the male high C, a C5, and I would just write it down again and again and again. So I, I was obsessed. I was honestly really, really obsessed. And so I wanted to talk a bit about that today. And whilst I usually do, you know, vocal tips or do vocal analysis, today I wanted to try something different and share more of a journey, a story, a bit of a reflection on my path so far. And I think this can be really, really helpful because when I was developing my voice, it was always really cool to hear other singers, hear you know some of the other journeys that they've gone through, maybe even some of the learnings and lessons. And it often made me feel like I wasn't alone, you know, in struggling with the high notes. I felt like there was other people who were in the same boat as well. And so hopefully this episode can do that for you. You know, normalize some of the things that you're going through when it comes to these high notes. Maybe even give you some of the next steps, and then share some of my learnings, some of the learnings that I've gone through. So maybe you don't have to make those mistakes as well. By the way, if you're new to this show and you want to improve your voice and you want to do it without all the confusion, you know, the difficulty, because let's face it, learning how to sing can be challenging. On this show, we really want to make it as simple and as easy as possible for you. And so, if this is something that is up your lane, make sure to hit that subscribe button and that bell so you can get access to our episode every single Friday.、And、for those of you who want to improve your voice even faster, check out the link below. I've got links to some of my courses, my self-study courses, and also how to get in contact with me for private lessons as well. Now, I've broken my own journey of singing, especially these high notes, into five very simple phases, and hopefully, this can give you a bit of a guidance, a bit of a compass, or a map on how to navigate your high notes. So, phase one started from the bottom. Now we are here. I really need to pre-frame this. I really, really, really need to pre-frame this. Some of you may have checked out some of my content. You might have seen or heard me hit some of those crazy high notes, or high Bs, or high Cs. But I want to really set this in stone. They did not come to me naturally. In fact. Range was for a long, long time one of my biggest, biggest challenges. I could never hit those high notes, and I still remember when I first started singing, I could not hit anything past a C4 without straining the heck out of my voice or flipping completely into a falsetto. And so, if you're in this stage, I, I totally get it, and it's frustrating. It's you know, it's annoying to deal with. You know, not being able to do something with your voice. It almost feels a bit like a chain on your voice, and I still remember when I first started singing. A lot of people were telling me that I was not capable of hitting high notes, and not even capable of necessarily singing. And so this was a challenge that I really, really had to go through. Now, the reason why I'm sharing this phase of my singing journey is it honestly gets better. And I still remember in those moments when I was told that I couldn't do this, I couldn't sing, and even when I started practicing, I had so many limitations on my voice. Now, a big, big lesson for me in this initial phase of my singing journey is two things. The first one is you have to believe it's possible for yourself. Often, people will tell you that you can't do this or you can't do that, but you have to secretly believe that you can. It is a really important ingredient. 
I still remember saying this to myself, to anyone who didn't believe in me or to anyone who doesn't believe in you right now, I said, watch me, watch me do this. The second part is those hundreds will not magically come. You have to have the grit, you need to have the discipline, you need to be able to put in the work. One of the things I guide my students on is not only do we bring the technical element, not only do we develop the technique to sing those high notes, but you also have to build in that discipline, you know, the discipline to go and practice your voice even if you don't feel like it. Those are the foundational ingredients to building these high notes. And so this brings me to phase number two, which is the rat race and where it bottoms out even more. So what happened in the second part of my journey when I realized I sucked, I couldn't hit any high notes, I, my voice wasn't necessarily that good of a sound, I decided to get better. I decided to believe in my ability to get better and I decided to put in the work and the discipline. I remember back in the days I was using a program called Seeing Success and I was you know, doing all these doing all these kind of scales, working through my voice. And I thought, you know, this is it. I'm just going to keep doing this and I'm going to get better and better and better. But then here lied the very, very first challenge. And some of you listening or watching might have gone through this before. After a couple of months of doing these singing programs, these exercises, I found that my voice still sounded the same. I still couldn't sing the songs that I wanted to sing. I still couldn't necessarily hit notes that were higher. Or if I did try to go a bit higher, I was still running into the same problems of disconnecting or straining and just not really getting there. And so a big, big lesson for me at this time is if you want to get better at singing and you want to make sure you're not getting stuck, you need to get some feedback. You need to create something called a feedback loop, which means you know, you've come in, you're going to share what you can do, and then you get some feedback from an external source. Because when you try to analyze or when you try to fix your voice yourself, Sometimes without the right kind of perspective or without the right kind of awareness, you kind of just go around in circles. And not only do you not get better sometimes, but sometimes you actually build the wrong habits. And this is something that happened later in my singing journey where I built a lot of tongue tension. I was kind of singing like this <laughs> a lot of the times and it ended up not serving me when I was singing a song. And so then I decided to see a voice teacher and I, boy, was I excited. I was excited to just improve my voice and get out of this rat race, just get out of this loop of not improving even though I was doing the work. However, this is when things bottomed out even more. So I saw this singing teacher who was you know, teaching out in the city and I still remember I would take, you know, an hour train ride just to get to her studio. And so what ended up happening about four to five sessions in, she sat me down. No, she sat me down. We had been taking lessons weekly at that point in time. And she sat me down and, you know, as you can tell, like, you know, the mood kind of changed and it got a bit more serious all of a sudden. Usually, you know, we just kind of jam and have fun, but it got a bit more serious. And she sat me down and she said, hey, Ivan, you know, we've been trying these exercises. We've been trying to improve your range, but nothing's working. You know, your voice isn't getting better. And she told me, hey, Ivan, I think there might be something you need to check out with your voice. I think there might be something wrong. And she suggested that I go see an ENT. Now, for those of you who don't know, ENTs are basically voice doctors and they can check more of the medical side of things when it comes to your voice. And so she told me to go see an ENT. Now, keep in mind, I was about 15, 16 years old at the time. And I still remember hearing that news. I walked outside her studio and I just crumbled. I honestly just crumbled. And I, I started going into my head. I started thinking, wow, you know, may, maybe it's not possible for me. Maybe genetically, I'm just not designed to sing. I remember having those thoughts. And I remember feeling really, really sad because at that point in time, I'd finally found something that I really loved and I wanted to do. And I know a lot of you love singing. You're in this boat as well. And being told that there might be something wrong with my voice, really, really, it was such a bummer. And I, I remember feeling so down on that trained ride back. 
Now, then after hearing this bad news, I, you know, I decided to book a, an appointment with the ENT and it actually cost quite a fair bit. Now, I didn't really have a lot of money at the time, but I, I decided it was really, really important for me to go check it out, just see what's, what's going on. Part of me didn't even want to pursue singing anymore, but I decided, hey, you know, I, I should just check this out, just double check things, you know, maybe later on when I want to speak and stuff, I still want to make sure everything is okay. And so I still remember being in this room. Now, for those of you who've never had this experience before, it's kind of scary actually being a you know a 16 year old and you're surrounded by all these adults. They, they'll kind of get like a little camera and they'll stick it up your nose and then they'll double check your vocal folds and they'll look into it. Slightly uncomfortable, um, but it's, it's really more like a scary feeling. And um, for those of you who might have experienced this, sometimes it can make you feel like there's something wrong with you. And this is the kind of feeling I got when I was going through the examinations. And so after the examinations finished and they're just double checking, you know, making sure everything was okay, they actually told me this. They said to me, hey, Ivan, I've checked your vocal folds. I've looked at everything. I've even put the camera up your nose. There's nothing wrong with you. There was nothing wrong with you at all. Maybe a slight bit of inflammation, but all else aside, you're completely healthy. Your vocal folds are normal and there should be no reason why you can't you know, sing or speak. And this was a big, big moment for me. You know, After being told by my teacher that there could be something wrong with my voice, there could be something different to finally checking it out with the ENT just to realize that I'm normal. Like, you know, I'm completely, completely normal. This was a big, big moment for me because I learned this really important lesson. Often when we are trying to do something cool, when we're trying to improve, when we're trying to step outside our comfort zone, one of the things that can often happen is we start to let these things called limiting beliefs get in the way. You know, beliefs like, hey, maybe there's something different about me. Maybe there's something wrong about me. Maybe I don't have the genetics or maybe I'm not naturally gifted as a singer. We've all heard these time and time again. You've heard it from singers around you. You've heard about it from your friends, your family, people who kind of put you down because they don't think it's possible for you. All they are are stories that we tell ourselves. They aren't the truth. They're not facts. They're just stories that tell ourselves. And I know this for a fact because when you question it, when you start to think, you know, is it really true? The answer is usually no. You know, there's plenty of stories out there of people who you know, weren't that good as a singer as well. And maybe they didn't have the gift. They didn't get there. They didn't have the gift. They didn't have the genetics. They weren't naturally gifted with a voice, but they ended up becoming very, very awesome. Check out Ed Sheeran. There's a video on YouTube where you know he shares his own singing and it was not actually that good, but you can see where he is now. And so for those of you who feel like right now, man, I, I'm not naturally gifted. I don't have a voice. I'm, I, I'm not talented at singing. That's okay. That's okay. It's not the biggest ingredient anyway. Personally, I believe hard work always wins in the end, which means when you're willing to take the discipline, when you're willing to put in the work and you're willing to surround yourself with people who believe in you and who can guide you like a voice teacher, all of a sudden you can accomplish great things even without a talent. And so this leads me into stage three, which is the obsession and then also the trap. Because what happened is after hearing that news from the ENT and he told me, hey, Ivan, you're all good. I became obsessed with high notes and maybe it's my personality, but I, I feel like deep inside, I wanted to prove everyone wrong. Prove that, you know, the people who said that I couldn't do it, that they were wrong. And so I became really, really obsessed. And I, I still remember jumping on YouTube and watching, you know, singers who would go crazy with their highness and I'll watch it every single night. I'll get obsessed. I'll just see what they were doing, try to understand it. I started reading all these different books about singing. And one of the things that also happened when I was so obsessed with hitting the high notes is I would bounce between different singing teachers, you know, people who I'd find on the internet. I just reach out to them. I take a voice lesson then I bounce to another one. Then I'll go to another singing teacher. 
And maybe this was because I was impatient or maybe this was because I wasn't seeing results as quickly as I wanted. But I still remember every time I'd go into a new lesson and the teacher would ask me, hey, Ivan, what do you want to work on? What, what are your goals? For me, it was always, I want to hit the male high C. I want to hit the male high C. I want to hit the male high C. To the point, sometimes to the point where it was borderline annoying for my singing teacher. And to be honest, I work with a lot of different teachers and I didn't really see results. I really didn't see results. And my voice was usually still stuck in the same boat, if not worse. And it wasn't until I started working with Tyler. Um, so Tyler, if you're watching this video, thank you so much for everything you have done. Now, we aren't working together anymore, but I learned so much in terms of hitting high notes, you know, from the acoustics of the voice, flow phonation, learning how to play around with all these semi-occlusions, all these exercises, things that I will share with my student now as well. It was really working with Tyler, you know, we, we worked at it for a couple of years that allowed me to crack my high C. And this was incredible. And I still remember that first time I hit my high notes, it just felt like, you know, your voice just went from zero where, you know, you couldn't do something all of a sudden being able to do something that you've never been able to do before. Now, this didn't happen overnight. This wasn't something that just happened in one very single session. There was a lot of work that was involved and there's a lot of guidance and a lot of patience, most importantly. But we got there. We got to the high C. Now, a big, big lesson that I learned after hitting this high C for the first time, and this is something that's going to be useful for you as well. The first time you hit your high notes, especially for those of you who are struggling with it, it's going to be very different to what you expected. The sensations, the feelings, the sound of it might be very, very different to what you expect. Even when I work with my students privately, you know, students who have helped build over an octave of range, they will tell me that when they hit those high notes, that if it was really, really foreign, it is, you know, completely different to what they expected. And sometimes it won't sound the best to their ears as well. Now, a big reason behind this is often we'll set up these expectations of what it can feel like or what it should be like. And what that often does is it holds us back because we never explore those sounds that aren't comfortable to us, that aren't what it should be. And this becomes a roadblock. And so it's really awesome, you know, being able to hit those high notes, being able to hit those high Cs and actually use them in a song as well. But then this is when I fell into the trap. And what I mean by this is whilst it was awesome studying with Tyler, I was able to hit, build a lot of range, able to hit those high Cs. I realized my voice still had a lot of gaps. And the reason why I know is I would, you know, listen back to my recordings and whilst I was hitting those high notes, a lot of the times they sounded a bit dry. They sounded a bit lifeless. They sounded a bit dull. And the other thing is, whilst I had this really crazy upper range, the middle part of my voice was still struggling. There was strain. I was unable to kind of use them properly in a song. I didn't have much choices. I always had to kind of sing them quite strong. Now, I want to caveat this. This has got nothing to do with, you know, my voice teachers at the time. This has got nothing to do with people that I've worked with. But rather, this was actually my own fault. I've become so obsessed with hitting high notes that I completely neglected a lot of my fundamentals. Fundamentals like making sure you're not blasting your fundamentals like making sure when you're singing your song that emotions and colors, that comes first. Right? Being able to express things and have variety versus just the same kind of thing going on and on again. I completely neglected that. And so what that means is whilst I had these high notes, 90% of the singing where I wasn't even in my high notes, they sounded bad. And the lesson that I learned here is be careful of that tunnel vision. I know some of you who are checking out this show, you're in the same boat, which is you're obsessed with the high notes, which is great. It's awesome to feel so motivated and to desire something so much, but you need to balance it out with a bit more perspective. And in some of your cases, it's probably working on those fundamentals. Do not neglect them. And if anything, when your fundamentals get stronger, your whole voice gets built better anyway. You'll still get access to those high notes. 
And this is honestly something I wish I'd spent a bit more time earlier on, you know, really developing and understanding the fundamentals because that would have gotten me to those high notes anyway. And so this leads me into phase four, back to the fundamentals. And so after... (laughs) And so after noticing that my voice felt like cheese, which is like, you know, I had tons and tons of holes in my technique, I decided to revisit some of the things that was just so foundational. Breath support, staying on pitch, making sure you're not collapsing your throat, making sure you've got the ping in the voice, all these kind of fundamentals, I went back to revisit. Now, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, I do talk about this more in my course, The Fundamentals of Singing. So if you're like, hey, Ivan, I do not know what you're talking about, please go check it out. It is a course that I have created and I spent a lot of time in developing. I think it's going to be really helpful for you to not make this mistake that I have made. Check out the links in the description. And so I studied these fundamentals a lot more. Now, what I mean is not just by like, you know, understanding or watching a YouTube video and then moving on, but really understanding it, really being able to feel it and being able to execute it in as much of my singing as possible. The trap that I see a lot of singers, there's this kind of one and done attitude, which is I've done this YouTube video, I've heard it, and I'm good with it. I'm going to move on to the next topic. But what I've noticed, especially with my students who do get better, there is almost this insatiable kind of curiosity to really master and get good at those fundamentals, which means even if you feel like you know what breath support means, you're still tackling it, you're still trying to understand it even more, you're trying to get better at that. And that's what I found to yield even more results. Now, a second part of this phase four is I started experimenting a lot as an artist as well. One of the things that's really important for us as singers, especially when we want to sound good, is yes, we want our technique to be great. We want our voice to be as easy as possible, but we also want to be able to access a lot of different colors. You know, being able to sing breathy, being able to sing strong, being able to sing in falsetto, being able to sing in full voice, being able to sing with runs, vibrato, all these different colors that I had not really explored. I was very kind of one-dimensional. I was just focusing so much on those high notes. But a lot of these other things, they also make your singing sound good. They, they give your voice so much dimension. And so I started recording songs. I started playing around with you know, DAW's logic and just seeing if I could make my voice more colorful so that it wouldn't be so dull and so lifeless. And if this is you, maybe you're listening back to your recording and you're like, wow, my voice sounds really dry or it sounds dull, it sounds flat. This is probably a big reason why that is happening. And so a big lesson that I learned here is high notes are not a fundamental. And what that means is you don't even need to be able to sing high notes to be a good singer. They can be really useful in developing the voice, but when you're obsessed over them, you focus on them so much versus the fundamentals, you start to see the tree instead of the forest. And so a better strategy here is focus on the fundamentals that allow you to build a strong and flexible voice anyway and then build the ability to have all these different sounds in your toolbox, you know, sounds that allow you to convey a certain emotion. And then when you get good at applying them into a song, that is what really improves your voice as a singer, which is the end goal. You know, we want to become better singers, not necessarily just a high note machine. And so then this leads me to phase five. Where am I at now? And so for me now, I personally feel like my technique now is at a place where I can quite comfortably use it. Now, I've applied it to my own songs, I've applied it to covers. I've even sang live and you know, nailed some of those high notes as well. You know, I've been doing them at busking sessions and they don't really feel like such a big challenge or concern for me anymore. Rather now, my focus has been a lot more in exploring my own choices as an artist, you know, creating sounds, you know, creating music. And so this means I've been focusing a lot on producing my own songs, you know, creating my own songs from scratch, recording them, 
creating the beat, mixing, mastering, and then releasing them, which gives me a lot of room in terms of playing with my own artistry, knowing what sounds will work well together, what vocal colors should I be using? That has been something that has been really, really important for my singing journey. And so to some extent, I feel a lot more at peace with my voice. I'm no longer you know, beating myself down because I know sometimes when you're so obsessed with something, it can often lead to frustration. It can lead to like, you know, why am I not getting this? And so I feel a lot more at peace, but at the same time, I'm even more curious about how far I can go with my voice because I've you know, proven to myself that there's a lot of things that I can do. I've shown to myself that I can hit high notes. I've shown to myself that I can build a good sounding voice and I've shown to myself that I can create songs. And so I'm really curious to see how far I can go. And so a big, big lesson in this current phase of my singing journey is learn to take things one step at a time. Whilst I wish I could have, you know, focus on the fundamentals earlier, wish I could have done all of these things earlier, you can only connect the dots looking back. And in hindsight, you know, each phase of my singing journey has had its own challenges, it has its own troubles. Each phase did give me a piece of learning, a piece of knowledge that has helped me get to where I am today. So hopefully this video gives you a bit of perspective, you know, maybe some of the things that you're going through, some of the emotions, the frustrations, and also maybe on how you can navigate your next couple of steps. So team, let's wrap up here. This has been a big, big, long episode. For those of you who have stuck with me right to the end, thank you so much for rocking out with me. And remember, if you guys want to brush up on your fundamentals, or maybe you need to pick it up for the very, very first time, or you want to study with me privately, check out the links in the description. I'll see you all real soon. Take care.